I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Well, this was an interesting weekend. I know. Do you tell you haven't even told me about your Oh, well, I was also weekend. just talking about my dog over oh, here that yeah. almost died last night. Yes. Um, yes. It, was, it was quite scary. That is scary. We were at a concert. Yeah, we were at a concert and he escaped from the house that he was in and was lost in the dark in the woods for a couple hours at yeah, nighttime. That's the dark and was found with a broken leg in two places. I know, my boy. Now he's, he needs a surgery. He's going to get a surgery. He's right here. He's actually looking at me. His tongue's sticking out because he's on the doggy drugs. He's on a lot of drugs right now. My poor boy. I was so I was freaking out. I was like, well, I'm going to die. I was freaking out too yeah. and yeah, he escaped. He escaped from his house, possibly through a doggy door that he learned how to nose up with his um, yeah. face and then squeeze his way out and then realized my mom's not here and yeah. I'm in the middle of coyote land and I might make a nice snack. And I'm terrified. I know. I was I was, I was, was losing it, but it was really cool was all the friends that showed up. And my actually, my partner actually found him. He was in a bush, and my partner found him, and he was searching for hours. But we had all these friends that were just like, you were on the phone. You were like, I want to help. And, and I was like, where? I don't yeah. know the area, but I was like, what can I yeah. do? Everyone's just, and then other people showed up, and so we had a search party for this sweet little Perry. And he's here, and I'm glad he's alive, and I'm grateful, and I love you so much, Perry. I love you so much. Um, before that, so we went to... A concert uh, that was outside, and they had little pods, but it was our first time being a big thing like that. It was. It was very interesting and slightly overwhelming at the same time, because I haven't done anything like that since, even way before the quarantine and lockdowns had had been in in place, so it had been quite a while, and Mm. yeah, it was was interesting, but it was so fun. Yeah. Uh, and it was still intimate because it wasn't massive. It wasn't like we were at some huge festival, uh, festival or or uh, kind of like the Staples Center where it's thousands and thousands. Uh, it was, but it was big. Yeah, that was fun. And then I came home to hell. <laughs> no. But that was fun before that. And then the day before, uh, my partner and I went to a sex party. That's right. Now I don't know a lot about this yet, everybody. So I was yeah. curious. Yeah. Well, there's some privacy that I'm going to respect and I'll give away all the details. But uh, it was, I've, I've been to an in-person sex party before, but it was before the COVID times. And so they... Not uh, with just, your partner either. No, right? not with my partner. Right. Yeah. But yeah, before... And um, and what I'll say is just the beauty, the, I don't even know, the wonderful inspiration that comes from being around a whole bunch of people who are just having sex everywhere all over the place. Um, and it was a really wonderful group. I love the energy and the vibe there. And there's just something about it. It was a daytime party. I've only been to a nighttime sex parties, and I've never been to daytime sexy parties. And there was something different about it. It was like a little more sparkly and twinkly. And I love also watching the diversity of the way people have sex. Like, I think we get in our heads that we should look a certain way or that everyone fucks the way we do. And 
when I was looking around, I was like, wow, you move your hips in this way. You move your hips in that way. And they're all so different. And then the interests of what people are doing. So it was really cool experience, really fun to share, really hot, really sexy. I left there feeling like I went to a fucking spa, which was crazy because we did a lot of work there. (laughs) But then came out and I was like, oh, it's kind of like I'm rejuvenated. So anyways, I wanted to share that because that was a fun little dive in it so it was a wonderful weekend until the dog fiasco yeah but we survived here we are it brought you back down to planet earth yeah the reality of things and now we're here to talk about how to heat up your kissing game with darshana return guest someone that was in my uh not my but the somatica sex and relationship coaching training that i was a part of and um i am so baffled that how have we never done a kissing episode? Like one episode just yeah. about kissing. It's and such this, a big thing. Yeah, it is. And there's way more involved than just a simple act of putting your lips on someone else's lips. There's way more involved. There is so much more involved. Yeah. And Darshana gives some great tips, yep. advice, and, and insight to kind of what, how even using your entire body. Oh, yeah. Body. A full body kiss. Yeah. What is that? I'm, I miss the nose kisses and the eyelash kisses. Have you ever done that where you're like, oh, I want to give you butterfly kisses? Oh, that's cute. I haven't done that in a while. Hmm, we can do that if you I want. remember at trade shows back in the day, though, when we used to have trade shows, and there were a lot of some of my buyers that would come up and... Butterfly kisses? No, try to kiss on the... Just say hi to kiss on the lips. Oh. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder now... Not try to make out with, with yeah. us. But or, that was like their way of saying hello. That was that what yeah. their thing was. And it was always interesting because I felt like it wasn't super consensual but they're also my customers so I was like sometimes I kind of give them the side cheek yeah. but like oh yeah hi or they'd have like lipstick on or something and I'm like I really don't want to wear lipstick on my face anywhere yeah you think and that might change now I, with the COVID times I mean I'd assume it would yeah. and I also haven't been to a trade show in so long I wonder we'll see it's interesting how some people that's their natural thing they kiss on the lips or a hug and a kiss on the and cheek and what about in a lot of European cultures it's oh, like yeah. mwah, mwah on, on the what's the one where it's three uh, that's in Holland uh, and also some other places as well. But in Holland, they definitely do three. The Netherlands. Yeah, formerly known I as think Holland. I've uh, experienced that with someone. I thought it was two and then they went for another one. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. We I remember three. when I first moved to Israel and um, that's a very common practice there as well. It was it was always something that I was in my head about because as Americans, we hug or handshake. Hugs are, are pretty intimate for a lot of us. And I, I, well, I can't speak for everyone out there, but for, for me, as I'm not a super touchy-feely person if I don't know you well. And uh, it was always, I was always like waiting for it and ready for it, especially when I was meeting my uh, husband's mm. uh, family. And so, and then it became second nature and I mm. actually enjoyed it. Uh, and I wonder if that's going to change too, or if you just do kind of like air kisses on the cheek. Well, I, I also just taught at a, a retreat and uh, people were hugging. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, there's, there's certain ways, or the, the show we went to last night kind of felt like old times a little bit. It really did. It really yeah. did. And uh, you still, sometimes I think it's important to ask people, yeah. can I hug you? I think we always should. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Unless you know or, them really well, but still, some people yeah. want to or be do asked. Do you want an elbow to touch? Yeah. High, high, high fist bump? Yeah. Yeah, that's consent right there. Instead or of butterfly kisses with your eyelashes. Yeah. Maybe people are into that now. Oh, yeah, I know. There you go. Give but that's pretty close. Kiss. I still try to do the, are you a hugger? But sometimes I just assume that people, based on the environment or the friend that I'm meeting them through, and they're like, wait, maybe you're not. You know, maybe you're not on board for that. I realize what I do that's funny with hugging. 
because I've realized this since I've been out of touch with humans and not really touchy feely with hugging for a while that I always try to hug over even if they're oh, tall and most people try to go under no over, over as you. well oh, so, so then it's this awkward thing and so I'm like do I need to change my hug style so I go under even when they're tall people it's a weird thing to think about but this is why I'm a heady motherfucker no I like this I'm actually trying to think of it because I've had those awkward times where all of a sudden I'm trying to go over and they're trying to go over so I have one arm over and one and arm under and you're taller human yeah. so for me I'm not that tall uh, so so With me going heels. over is it kind of awkward but I still always do that so is it so, a dominance thing trying to be dominant I don't I don't know I'm the bigger are, hugger yeah I, I mean definitely me. n- not but I also think I do it so if I'm wearing makeup I don't get it on people's shirts and I feel like if mm. I go under they try to like really press my face in there and sometimes I'm like oops she doesn't like your face I actually everyone. got some makeup on your partner's shirt yesterday that I saw after he was wearing a white shirt and I'm like oops I'm not gonna mention that but <laughs> have a great day He's, he's now listening to this podcast. Yeah, he's sorry like, about Arr. that. He's like, that's where that came He's from. actually really good at laundry, so he'll be able to get oh, it out. That's yeah. You can get it out easily. <laughs> it has sunscreen in it. That's why I wear tinted makeup, you know? It's perfect. You don't have to, but you, sh- sh- you definitely need to wear sunscreen. Oh, yeah. I know. We, I, we're not any spring chickens anymore. We're not spring chickens anymore. Definitely not. I'm not a spring chicken. All right, you ready for a sex question? Oh, yeah. wait. Actually, before we do a sex question, I want to talk about OMG. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. 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 Or oh yes. my goddess. Oh my goddess. Yes. Or um, oh my gato es. That's uh, you know cat. Or but oh, goddess cat. Yeah. My goodness. So what is OMGS? Everyone, it is a online database program. Seasons, all the things. It's an educational resource where you can learn about pleasuring the vulva. Season one is all about external pleasure. Season two is internal pleasure. I heard they're having season three with sex toys. They are. I don't know when that's coming out. Uh, It's tasteful videos. They actually, how many people did they research? Like 60,000, 90,000? It was. You always ask me this question and I pull it up. I think it's 60,000. And then I get rid of it. Many thousands. It was thousands of 20,000. They say women, so vulva owners, ages 18 to 95. And I don't, when we say education, I feel like some people might tune out. Okay. It's actually quite entertaining to watch yeah. these modules. Totally. And it's a one-time, one-time you pay, one and done. There's no reoccurring fees. You get to learn all the things. Because I hate that sometimes I, I like subscribe to something yeah. and then I'm like, wait, what? Then you have to put a note in your calendar to remember to unsubscribe yeah, later. This one, it's one and done. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about this is so it's, it's real humans that are saying, this is how I pleasure myself. This is how I have my orgasm. And then it's these tasteful videos that actually of real humans showing you techniques that you can try. And we're visual learners, everyone. Like, I mean, some are more kinesthetic, but sometimes really seeing the thing instead of just reading a book is very helpful. So if you want to go learn about vulva pleasure, whether you have a vulva and maybe you want to have even bigger, better orgasms, or maybe orgasm's hard for you, or maybe you want to pleasure a vulva, go check it out. It's all about techniques. Think about adding more tools to your toolbox. Ooh, toolbox. Go to omgyes.com slash shameless. You get 10% off. That's either season one or two. Go check it out, internal or external. Amy, which one are you? Uh, I mean, a little, little bit column of column A, a little column B. A little column B. Yeah. A little column C, which is glitter. <laughs> or cervix A. Or the cervix <laughs> Only before. Sometimes with yeah. the cervix out. I've had like eight of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in my lifetime. So, all right. You ready for a sex question? Yes, please. So it's titled, I think I turned myself asexual or gay. 
Um, and the person's name will remain anonymous. When I met my partner, the sex was the usual new love hotness. He isn't the biggest, but he was the kinkiest I've ever been with, and it was what I needed at the time. I've even overcome my jealousy regarding my boyfriend jacking off to porn, and I also started masturbating to other men and women and just allowing and just allowing my fantasies to run wild during sex with him. I've always been bi-curious, so we discussed threesomes at length, and we came to the conclusion that I'm allowed to first explore with women alone without him so I can fulfill my deep desires and get over my insecurities about a threesome with him. But here's the thing. Now I just never really want to have sex with him at all. I am grossed out by things he does, irritated by the lack of his girth and length. And I masturbate probably once every two months, maybe longer, meaning uh, takes longer to like bigger gaps in masturbation. Horny is not even in my vocabulary. I don't know what happened to me, but I know he is starting to pick up on it and I feel horrible. Any advice? It sounds like there's so many pieces here and some I can't really tell how related it is to other ones. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about because... There's the pieces about uh, the master. So what I'm hearing is that this person, it was really hot and heavy with their partner. Then they started masturbating to all kinds of fantasies involving women, other men. Threesomes. And using that in their spank bank while having sex with their partner. And there's these conversations about opening up this in this way to have sex with other people, specifically women for this person. Um, and I think this is a Volvo owner speaking. But now all of a sudden, they don't even want to have sex with him, with their partner. And so the whole uh, title of, I think, I turn myself asexual or gay. My guess is that you think that you're by by exploring these fantasies that you've changed your brain, or by exploring the idea of being intimate with another woman, you've changed your your brain. Now you're gay or you're asexual because you don't feel desire. What I think is you're in a longer term relationship, and maybe it's not super long, but you've been with this person for a while. Uh, and there might be some deeper things going on, like resentment, ways that you haven't communicated needs, ways that you felt unmet or let down. Uh, I don't know. The desire, the desire leaving to me feels like it's not related to all this other stuff. I can't say because I'm not you, but my guess as a sex and relationship coach would be that there's other stuff going on that maybe you're not aware of or you two aren't speaking to. I don't know. I mean, I just because you fantasize about being with a woman doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to find your partner super irritating and not like their cock. So, and my question here is, they're talking about they only masturbate probably once every two months, yeah. or maybe there's even times where it's longer than that. And that's not even related to your partner. That's just your libido. That's, so that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Are there other factors involved? Uh, are there hormonal factors? Birth control. Birth control factors, mm-hmm. which has been a big thing, I think, uh, that we've talked about many times before. Or is it purely something that's shutting down the moment you think about sex? Maybe you, maybe there's something that just switched yeah. in your brain in relation to uh, the, the the masturbation piece or the the fantasizing piece, but wondering uh, what there had to be some sort of switch yeah. in there. We we didn't get the information though. They yeah, didn't there's some sort of switch, but just the fact that you're irritated and you're grossed out by your partner, there's some something happened there. I would my I, my guess is there's something that inspired that. And to me, what I know is that it often is unresolved shit. It's like un- unspoken to an unresolved stuff. Why is it that this person is so irritating to you? And um, and it's okay if that's the case, but what like what's going on there? Why are you, why are you grossed out with this this person? And then like April said, you're not masturbating all the time anyway, so your uh, sex drive already is kind of out the door. Is isn't just when you're having sex with this person. It's or actually a separate thing too. Not even in my vocabulary. But it once was. 
but it once was. And yeah. it's it is true. There is something that when the, I, I was reading research, and there's so much different research out there, so you can find probably whatever you're looking for. However, there is, uh, and there are a lot of studies out there that shows the more you bring in masturbation to your pleasure practice that it can kind of continue over and help the more you practice the, yeah, the more yeah. you practice it can open up your uh your horniness your horniness factor because yeah. they're saying the horny isn't even in their vocabulary anymore so yeah. maybe there's a self-pleasure practice that needs to be reinitiated yeah maybe you could try toys or touching or leave the porn out of it just really close your eyes or open them or whatever yeah. feels good and just focus on uh what feels good and then uh when it stops feeling good stop and then just kind of go slow, slow it down and be gentle with yourself or go and find a sexological body worker. We say this yeah. so many times and yeah. it's kind of helpful. Totally. So maybe there's trauma stored Darshana is our guest is a sexological Boom body up. worker. Yeah. Um, and one thing I'm, I'm wondering, are you still attracted to your partner? Like I know you're irritated and you're grossed out by the things that he does, but are you attracted to them? Do you still find them sexy or beautiful or gorgeous or hot or whatever? Um, or has the attraction changed as well, which can happen, but a lot of times it's related to unresolved shit. But also sometimes we stop being attracted to partners yeah, and then we find them really irritating in all these ways true so um yeah so check it out even more and um, i'll say also horny is not really a big thing in my vocabulary either i don't feel like it it has i've had little windows of it but um my sex drive is completely created either by myself alone or co-created with my partner um and so i don't know if maybe you're stepping into that too like once horny was a big part of my vocabulary and um and i've just shifted so like i don't know and i think it's hormonal and life experience for me so yeah. Good luck to you, TBC nice human. To be oh, and I just want to say, I don't think you turned yourself asexual or gay. I don't. I don't think that you right. turned yourself into these things. I think this is just well. Those a, are two yeah. very different things as well. Yeah, there's. So. Some, there's. I just. I think there's other pieces here. So. All right. All right. Well, All right. Here we go. It's bio time. Are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. We are erotic by nature. This is the foundation of everything that Darshana Avila shares, guiding women and sometimes their partners too, who are ready for radical intimacy in their lives to lay down their armor and claim their wholeness. She guides mentors and coaches from the belief that none of us is actually broken and in need of fixing, but instead we have fragmented parts that need to be reclaimed and integrated into our being. Darshana is dedicated to helping people feel truly at home in their bodies and in alignment with their souls, so they experience more ease and pleasure in all aspects of life. She has a private practice and also facilitates intimate group experiences. To learn more, visit darshanaavila.com. That's D-A-R-S-H-A-N-A-A-V-I-L-A.com. All right, it's showtime, but first... Tired of the same old dating apps? Looking for a dating app that actually invites you to share your sexual interests and desires? Well, then you have to check out Field. Field is my favorite sex-positive dating app for finding other open-minded folks, whether partnered or single. If you're like me, you agree that life is too short to hide who we really are when in the dating scene. Stop playing games and become your most empowered self by owning your sexuality directly on your profile with Field. The app was originally designed for people seeking threesomes, and it's still the biggest dating app for threesomes today. But Field is also a great place to meet like-minded folks, whether you're monogamous, queer, kinky, polyamorous, and more. And here's some great news. 
you can download the Field app for free and support our show by using the link in this episode's description. Just click the link in this episode to get the Field app for free today. Go check it out. All right, it's interview time. All right, everyone, it's interview time. We're here with repeat guest Darshana, who is here in the past talking all about all kinds of important things. We know each other from a somatica training. I think last time we were talking about embodiment and trauma and how to feel more pleasure in your body and the healing tools for that. Today, we're talking about kissing. I don't know how we haven't done an episode just on kissing is an important topic. So without further ado, we will dive right in. And last time I said, this is a command. So yes, this is a command and a demand and not a question. Tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality. Yes, Mistress Amy, I will. Ah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I landed here following my own path and curiosity and relationships and exploring sex and intimacy for myself. It became such a focus in my life that I arrived at a moment where it's like, all right, forget the corporate career. Like, clearly, this is where my heart's at. This is where my passion's at. And so I leaped in and I've been in private practice working one-on-one with couples and women primarily for the last six-ish years and love it. Couldn't imagine it being any other way. Nice, Darshana. Yeah. We're so happy to have you back because you are an incredible speaker and you have wonderful information to give. And I know kissing, I've talked about it before, is so important for me for even, not even when I meet someone new or I'm in a relationship with them, but to help turn me on. And so... I would love to go ahead and let's talk about the K-I-S-S-I-N-G. So obviously, question is, is there an art to it? Does technique matter? And what usually gets in the way of great kissing? Yes, there's an art to it. Technique does and doesn't matter. And what gets in the way? Oh, my God, I think that's going to be the whole of our podcast, probably. (laughs) Um, I mean, and the art to it. is is not all that different though from the art to creating pleasurable erotic experience which has to do with really being in your own body and knowing how to tune in to what feels good to you and when you're creating something with another person then you're also attuning to them reading their signals and cues and yes I know we all share values around sex positive culture and consent culture and using our voices and I'm a huge fan of that none of that goes out the window but there's something to be said that when you are using your mouth for the thing that you're doing you might just want to be able to keep kissing and not have to use your words <laughs> and so there there is something to be said for learning how to really sense and feel into that interplay between you and another person to know if it's going well And I think when it comes to technique, what can happen is sometimes we get so up in our heads and it's like, okay, I'm going to do this thing to the left, to the right, swirl a little, graze the teeth, you know, a little nibble on the lower lip and all of that stuff might be fine and well, but if you're doing it like a robot, haha, we just had a robot experience (laughs) together. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if, if it's a, if you're following a script with it and you're so worried about paying attention to the script as opposed to being present with the sensations, that's when it becomes more routine and robotic as opposed to feeling embodied and erotic. And I didn't even mean for that to rhyme, but it did. So <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 
It sounds like what you're speaking to very is very much about there's some skill to it and technique and knowledge and practice and experience, but you don't want to be too in your head of, am I doing this right? Or this is everything that I heard on the podcast, or this is everything that I read. And because a lot of it is, it sounds like, a, is about presence. And I imagine attunement is about being in your own body and feeling your own needs and wants and sensations, but also attunement to what's happening in your partner or lover who how maybe you're making out with eight people at once. I don't know. Um, that is really helpful. So I'm curious if you can give us your take on kissing 101. Like what are the qualities that that make or constitute a really great kisser? I'm sure it's different for everyone, but kind of like the general thought around this that you know of. Totally. So what I'm about to say might seem a little bit opposed to what I just said around the technique thing, but one drawback that I, I hear a lot of from people, and I absolutely have experienced this in my life, is when you're like a one-trick pony with kissing and you don't have a range of technique. And variety is something that can make kissing really enjoyable because there are so many different ways to kiss. And so if all you are doing is, you know, the lip to lip thing, or you're shoving your tongue straight down somebody's throat, and there's not a whole lot of nuance or variation, that can get really old really fast. So it's the balance here of wanting to make sure that you experiment enough with some differences in texture, you know, a little wetter, a little drier, a little more tongue, a little more teeth, like that there is that variety in the mix, but not getting so, 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 so focused on the technique. So that's just a little echo of your first question. But as far as kissing 101, like if we're talking a basic approach here, as in all things related to sex, in my very humble and very biased opinion, because we're all entitled to our own opinion, slow down. Like, slow the fuck down. <laughs> I, I'm remembering a situation where I had several years ago, I met someone at a kink event. And so there was this like, you know, idea that I'm like, okay, cool. Like we've got some sexual interests in common. I'm like, this is going to be great. We made plans to get together one-on-one -on -one outside of the space. He comes over, leans in. I mean, the hello was leaning in so fast. I didn't even have time to know what was coming at me. And before I knew it, his very tense tongue was right in my mouth. Mm. not okay. Like, no, <laughs> you know? So we want to approach things slowly, both for the sake of giving ourselves a chance to get acclimated to what's going on and like feel our way in, but whoever's on the receiving end of our kiss, if, you know, if, assuming we're the initiator or if we are the receiver, like to know what's coming, to go slow, to start with a little, you know, you might just do lips closed as opposed to having tongue involved straight away. You might start kissing on cheek or, or neck or throat, which for some people that might feel like an escalation of the kiss. And for other people that might actually feel like a nice way of being more on the periphery of your experience and then moving toward the mouth, which because it is an orifice and, and there is receptivity that can happen there. Like, for some folks, that can feel really delicate and vulnerable and a different level of intimacy. So the slowness lets you tune in and, and really be sensing both into your experience and your partner's. And the other thing with kissing is, you know, a great makeout. Like one of the things that I think makes it great is you can get so lost in it and you kind of don't come up for air. But I think it's really important to come up for air, especially if you're kissing someone new. 
if you're having a first kiss or a first makeout, it's like, go in, kiss a little bit, pull back out, make some eye contact. Like, Hey, how you doing? We're here together. Go back in again. If, if that's what seems wanted, like it, it can, you know, you, you pulling out while that might feel like, Oh no, like I'm, I'm leaving the experience or I'm ruining the moment. It, that tension can actually be a lot of fun to play with. Um, the ability to look into one another's eyes, like, cause some people are weird about eyes closed or eyes opened while kissing. And you've got to navigate that for yourself and whoever you're with and find everybody's sweet spot there. But there is something to be said for if you're an eyes closed person, or even if you're just right up in someone else's face, giving yourself the perspective of backing out and away a little bit so that you can be present through your eye contact, take a breath together. You can always go back in for more. Um, so that's one of the fundamentals that I would suggest slow it down and give a little space now and then. When is that not the answer? Uh, it is always. I think like, there's so many the answer. It's always the answer. And there's so many things with kissing. It, it affects a lot of folks uh, in some of our episodes that we do. Not everyone can relate to, but I think most people, whether they're uh, 18 to 85 uh, are at some point, uh, having a kiss of some sort in their existence and whether or not like I remember putting so much into my first kiss when I was younger I was so nervous and then how old were you what happened tell I I think I was about 14 and then French kissing which it's so funny mm. kissing with the tongue let's call it so but French. back then it was French kissing uh was uh when do you insert the tongue how do I know how long to put it in and I've had <laughs> many many of of kissing partners or even people that I didn't end up having any other association other than my lips attached the, to their lips where the tongue went in and it was so aggressive and I was like okay oh my god what the do jabby I do tongue, the, the jabby tongue yes where oh. it was like a darting yeah. lizard and I was and may, maybe that can be great for some people but for me it was so off-putting and and almost scary where I was uh wondering if this was how people maybe kiss and I was doing it wrong and I'm like should I start darting my tongue now anyway so that's a, how do I find out if I'm a good kisser Darshana should I just go make out with all my girlfriends no, that's that's not my question but I, 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 wanna... I learned a lot about my kissing by kissing girlfriends definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah like give me some feedback but that's it that was a thing people had you unwrapping the starburst wrapper and if you were good at unwrapping the starburst wrapper with your tongue now, I don't know I've heard other people doing it other places or that Jolly Rancher rapper, and if you could do that, especially if you could do it under like in a less than twenty seconds, that meant you were great. There were so no, there, no, no. See, there we go. That's not no. slow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, this is what I'm saying. I feel like kissing is so important and I and I already said this once and I'll say it again for me no matter if I just met a person or I've been with them for a long time, it is a it's what helps ignite my inter sensuality and get me, me like it gets my bits all like like flowing with energy so anyway enough about me because this is about kissing and some folks hopefully can relate to that so let's talk about tips and techniques on how to up your kissing game and help help me maybe I'm not doing it right but is there pressure you talked a little bit about that speed of course and all of this that really matters yeah totally and I, I made sure to practice a lot this morning and kit, like I kissed a ton. So that way I'd come in with some fresh materials. So I'm like remembering myself into my morning sex. Um, and I 100% agree, which was great. <laughs> and I 100% agree with you though, April. Like for me, 
it's a very integral part of my turn on. And whether or not the kissing is the main event or it is an like a lead up to something else or it accompanies something else. I really, really love that experience. It's, it's a very specific intimacy. I mean, you are breathing each other's air. You're right up in each other's face. And as much as that might seem like, oh, kissing is like the low barrier to entry. It's first base. It's the first thing we do. It actually is a very vulnerable and beautiful act. And regardless of what genitals you have, regardless of your identity and orientation, we all, we have mouths, like it's actually common ground and we both get to penetrate and be penetrated in kissing. So I think there's a lot to be said for how that experience can be oriented to and held. And and it is super, yeah, important is the word that's coming up. I want a better word, but that's what's there right now. Yeah, And so back to the whole, like, you know, having enough variety and, and uh, you know, more technique in your repertoire, but not getting so obsessed about using it. Like, it's that sweet spot between, and I would say maybe even more than technique, a willingness to be innovative and to improvise. It, it, the, the, if you're doing the same repetitive motion over and over and over again, it gets old, but the same holds true. Like at any time we're being touched, if someone keeps stroking the same spot on your body in the same direction with the same pressure over and over and over and over, you're going to get tired of that pretty quickly. And it's the exact same experience in our mouths. So, following the impulse and the instinct to lean in with a little more or a little less pressure, a little more or a little less saliva, a little more or a little less tongue. So consider like what all the variables are that you have to play with when you're kissing and adjust them accordingly. That's a great way to begin. And it's easy for me to sit here and say for someone who doesn't necessarily feel confident, well, don't get too in your head about it. Obviously, if you are new or you are curious about your skill, I think what's most helpful is to open up a dialogue. Like, it's a very different thing to be honest with someone and say, like, you know, I really want to figure out how to kiss well together. And I know that it's a very personal thing. Can we make out with the intention of learning is a totally different experience than being all like hot and heavy and turned on. Then somebody comes in for a kiss and you're like, Oh shit, that sucked. <laughs> you know, and, and trying to, to find your way out of, of that hole you've just inadvertently found yourself in. So I actually encourage people to be more explicit and it's not just kissing it's it, in all ways, like the places where we feel most self-conscious, even though that might be extremely vulnerable, it's also a rich ground for a lot of growth and ex- like exploration and expansion that can arise when we're willing to lean in and say, yeah, you know what? Like this is an area I don't feel hundred percent confident in, or it could just simply be if you're new to someone like, Hey, let's figure out how we kiss well together. What we both like, what we don't like, because everyone's entitled to their own preferences, their, their needs, desires, boundaries are going to differ. So anytime you've got two or more people coming together, it's a great opportunity to say, cool, let's see how we do this well, how we can feel mutually satisfied by our experience. And it might feel like an awkward moment to introduce that conversation topic, but once you get over the hump, I think most people will respond to that and find it quite endearing that, that you care enough 
to be curious and to to want to do it well, as opposed to just charging ahead. You know, you spoke to your experience, I spoke to mine, of like someone just shoving their tongue down your throat. Oh, and that's another variable I can't say enough of. Loosen up your tongue. <laughs> Loosen it up. Soften it up. Sometimes there's something to be said for holding tension in your tongue, but a soft tongue and soft lips that can do so much for the experience. So mm-hmm. I could go yeah. on. <laughs> well, and I like that point because, it, you know, we, when we talk about sex, we're often saying like, you know, this is people like, oh, I'm, I'm really great in bed or like, what? oh, what, you don't like what I did. My last girlfriend liked it, you know, and we're like, what makes you think that I'm the same as your last partner or that be, you're great in bed for X, Y and Z person. But that for me, it will be the same because we're all so different what we want and like and, and, and need and desire. And so we could say all the things like if you kiss this way and that way, it would make you great. And yet someone else might be like, it's not my jam. And I have for speaking for myself, I think some of the best kisses that I've had uh, probably wasn't the first kiss with that exact same person. It was built over time. It had to do with us learning each other. And I'm pretty sure my kissing skills or the way I, my default of kissing changes per partner that I'm kissing regularly because we start to attune and acclimate to each other. And so I don't know how I kissed, you know, five years ago or with the last partner or the partner before that. I'm sure it's still somewhat similar. And yet I'm pretty sure it's evolved now because I'm taking on my partner's needs, not by us. I mean, I like that you're saying talk about it. And I think that it's just us attuning and learning over time what seems to work because, because again, everyone is really, really different. So I like that. And one, if you, if you can't have the, have the conversation, if you can, and if not being really open and paying attention to and noticing, not just being in your own experience of what works for you, but also paying attention to what your partner's doing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how is, how is their body moving with you? And which re- brings me to my next question about get, kissing beyond the lips. And I can I'll expand this to using our lips to kiss other parts of the, you know, the face or the body, but also maybe how the body can be a part of kissing, whether we use that to read body body language or as part of the passion and the movements. Maybe if you want to share a little more about those things. So Amy, I know you and I both have making out without kissing in our somatica repertoires. So so we know that it can be a big full body and energetic experience. And so when it comes to more than mouth, I mean, things that are obvious to me anyway, but might not be obvious to everyone are like, you know, going around more peripheral areas. So I love, and many others do, because it's a very sensitive, nervy area, like this this zone right where throat and neck meet can be really, really hot. Ears can be very sensitive, but there's no limitation on staying on or near the proximity to your mouth. You know, kisses all over the body can be a huge turn on. And also I find, I mean, it depends on the quality of the kiss, but there's something very devotional about that. There's something worshipful almost of like, I'm going to take time to explore your body, to plant a kiss here, to plant a kiss there. And I'm watching Amy, like you shake your head and you're like, yeah, you know, and, and finding like, where are those sensitive and delicate spots? Um, it could be, you know, and it could also be somewhere that's just not necessarily associated with your sex. Like you might like being kissed on your waist or the back of your knee or, you know, somewhere that just evokes something. So using your mouths, just the way you might use your hands as another means of contacting and connecting with entire bodies is a really wonderful idea with consent, of course. Um, And then there's also the way in which more than just your mouth is there in the experience of a makeout. 
where you can use pressure and weight from your body and, and lean in. You can use your breath and, and just the warmth and the moisture of your breath on somebody's neck or across their chest or their genitals. Like There's ways where it doesn't even have to be lip on lip or lip on body part, but to just stay in the energy and the passion you know, our mouths, for me, mouths are like a very sexy, passionate, it's one of my favorite body parts on people. I love lips. I love mouths. Um, we, we express, we emote, like there's so much that's happening through our mouths. So bring the mouth into connection in, uh, with other parts of the body. Like that's one way to go, but also let the whole body be a part of the kiss, um, the makeout, whatever it might be. Sometimes I think this is true you know, more so this can come up for people when they're younger, or if you're just in your, in a state of anxiety or nervousness, we freeze up in our bodies, we can get very tense. And that kind of tension doesn't lend itself, typically speaking to like a really juicy exchange when we're talking about sex, like we want to feel the fluidity, the movement, the give and take in our bodies. And so if you notice yourself, like, somebody's kissing you and you're tightened up like a board. I mean, first things first, why? Like, is something happening that you don't want? Are you, are you feeling violated? Are you feeling unsafe? But assuming that that's not the case and maybe you're just kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm not totally sure what to do here. It's a great opportunity to just like relax, to take a deep breath and to consider it like a dance where there's a lead and a follow that's just naturally happening and unfolding between you and let yourself be danced. I don't know. I'm a dancer. So that's an easy metaphor. I know that might yeah. not work for everyone. <laughs> I think it's a good, because no matter, I mean, I can account for so many times in my life where there were awkward moments that uh, kissing was a part of. Sometimes the lean in, you don't know someone that well, and then they give you the cheek or you do the cheek and, and you didn't drop in to the moment maybe because there was there were nerves or you didn't know the person, or maybe you didn't know if they wanted to kiss you back. And it all comes back to the, also all the movies we've watched over the course of my, my lifetime where it was all in the kiss. And I, I, there is so much about the, about a kiss that could be loaded. It doesn't have to be, you can drop in. I love the embodiment of a kiss and not being so in your head about it. And I'm actually writing some quotes for, because we, we like to keep some good quotes from the show and I'm writing some good quotes because let the whole body be a part of the kiss. That can be hard sometimes if, yeah. if you, if there's a height difference, you have to, you, or there's a million different scenarios. I was thinking when you were talking about dancing, having to dance on someone's feet so they can guide you, you're on top of their feet, but letting either being the guide or the guidee, the guided one, I think is a, is great advice. And, uh, I, so moving on to another question, and I have experienced this as well in my life. Maybe I've made out with just a lot of people, but like being really into someone, uh, so into them, but not liking the way they kiss. How do you navigate this? Yeah. So there, there's the conversation piece again. And in all things, you know, we have to consider that many of us feel really sensitive around our sexual prowess. And we might feel really sensitive about giving feedback to someone because we don't want to hurt their feelings. And so I preface all this by saying, like, I know it's not always easy to have conversations about anything related to sex. And yet 
we have to have them. So there, there is the, if someone is like, you're into them, you're turned on by them, there's a lot that's good, but the kiss is not happening in a way that feels good to you. The best way to lead into that is to front load the conversation with what is good. I think you're amazing. I'm super attracted to you. I really want to make out with you. Can I tell you, or even better, can I show you some ways that I really love kissing that feels really good in my body? If someone says no to that, you've got bigger problems and need to check what you're attracted to. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's making it invitational and staying in connection. And it does not have to be harsh criticism that we're giving. It's more about saying like, yeah, you know what? I would really love to share an experience with you that feels good. Let me show you what I know about myself. And then you're also, it's, it's collaborative and it's co-creative. So you invite the same thing from them. And let's not assume, you know, to Amy, I think you're the one who said this before. It's like a first kiss might not be the best kiss. There's something to be said for in all ways, like getting more comfortable and familiar. So particularly if, if, if it's somebody that you're newly kissing and finding out that, oh, the way they do it doesn't really work for you. It's a great moment to just pause and have conversation or maybe not even pause if you are worried about like hurt feelings or sensitivity, you could wind down the experience that you're having and choose to talk about it in a different moment. That's totally valid. You know, you need to just sense into what feels true for you. But if you have the confidence and the rapport and whatever else might be needed for you to feel safe to say like, hey, like, I love that we are making out. And I'd really like to, to include some things that feel great in my body. Can I show you? Mm. So basically, you're offering to kiss them in the ways that you like kissing. It, it's a win-win, hopefully. Everyone wins. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberloop. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberloop and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberloop to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by Bev. We love wine so much, but it's hot as balls outside, so it's time to drink something a little more cold and refreshing. That's why Bev is my perfect summertime wine. Whether I'm hitting the beach, on a boat, or at a barbecue, these little canned wines are the best. Bev has five different varietals to choose from, my personal favorite being the rosé, because it's not too sweet, lightly effervescent, I can drink it all day, and it has zero sugar. But I still get that really nice balanced flavor I love, and I can catch that wine buzz. 
I brought a pack of the Sauv Blanc to a pool party and it was a huge hit because it's crisp and in a cute little can and deliciously different than what other folks bring to the party. And guess what? Shameless Sex listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. Just go to drinkbev.com slash shameless or use code shameless at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash shameless for 20% off and free shipping now. All right, back to the show. So so I think it really is just noticing how th- that's another way of we get in our heads. We, we tell ourselves a story that it has to be a stressful conversation or that it's going to hurt somebody if we deliver feedback. That's not an objective truth. You know, it actually might be considered as a gift if you're willing to be brave enough and vulnerable enough to say to somebody, hey, let me, this is what I like. And and I want you to know so that we're creating something together that feels good. That's a gift to the relationship. So there's a lot of beautiful opportunity that can arise just from being willing to say like, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing I was thinking about that one is just how compliant folks can be, including myself at times, not wanting to rock, rock the boat or stir the pot, you know, and, and hurt anyone's feelings. Um, another thing that, um, I've heard from other folks that I might fit in this category a little bit is that if someone is, uh, air quotes, a bad kisser or, or you don't enjoy their kissing the first time or second time, then you decide they must be bad in bed or it will translate into all the other touch too. Um, and, I would, I wouldn't agree with that, except that I'm, I have this, this pretty hard rule. I've broken it maybe once out of the many people I've slept with that I don't have penetrative sex with people on the first night because I like to feel uh, our bodies together at first. And from the kissing, from the bodies moving together, maybe even touching genitals, but um, this also because penetrative sex is a really uh, invasive for me. It's a kind of a big deal. Someone is inside of me. And, um, and so, and so I actually might be one to judge, okay, if the kissing doesn't feel good, then maybe it means that this, it will translate into other areas of sex. And that in this conversation though, I'm also looking at like, hmm, maybe I'm not giving it enough of a chance there to, to decide that. And maybe I'm not speaking to it and giving it more opportunity. So I guess that w- will be my question for you. Do you think that, someone's kissing style speaks to their, the way they move in bed with their genitals as well, that they're two separate things, or maybe they're overlap sometimes, but not always. Probably the latter. I I think it's hard to make, maybe it's not hard. I don't like to make generalizations about stuff like this. What I think matters though, in a situation like what you're describing, like you're hooking up with someone for the first time, you're making out, you know that penetrative intercourse is not on the table for you. So you are looking to other experiences to kind of form your opinions. What really matters there beyond like, is the kiss a good kiss or not a good kiss? If you're willing to offer the kind of invitation that I just modeled of inviting them into a different way of kissing, if they're receptive to that, that says way more than the kiss itself. Because when it comes to connecting, you know, bringing two bodies together and exploring a sexual connection, it has, it, you're, you're each bringing your own experiences, your own preferences, your own hangups, all, you know, like everything comes into the mix. And it doesn't mean that there is an objective, you are good in bed, you are bad in bed there. It's the dance of how do all of our parts and pieces fit together And if maybe there's not an immediate fit, but I bring that to your attention and you're really receptive and we make some adjustments and we shape something together that feels good, to me, that's a win. So it might have started off a little rocky, 
but you've crafted it and created it in a direction that feels good to you, then awesome. Is that going to always be the case? No. And so we all, of course, have our primary, you know, affiliation and responsibility is to ourselves. And so if you're truly not enjoying an experience and you don't see a way to shift things, then by no means should you just keep giving somebody chances and chances and chances if your body is telling you no. That's always the first rule, you know, listen, listen, listen to your body. But I hear you, Amy, questioning, as I know I have, and I know many others would, like, sometimes it's like, well, am I rushing a decision? You know, should I maybe, or could I, let's forget the should, could I maybe, if I want to, like, open up the possibility that that we might teach each other a little something and see what happens on the other side of that. And you never know. Like I've had that happen. I'm my standards are pretty high. I, I you know unabashedly, and it probably no surprise given what I do for a living. But I've absolutely been willing to give like a second or a third go with somebody who I felt was receptive to guidance and open to being in a pretty transparent and vulnerable communication because that means more to me than having instantaneously hot chemistry together. I think that's a good tool to put in your toolkit. You want to learn to be a better lover, be receptive to guidance that open, open to not having to, I know everything I'm great at everything. And, and of course there's a way to word it and that's more gentle and loving you. I mean, yours was really great too. It was just also like, let's just try this thing. Can I show you something? And everyone wins as opposed to like, you're doing it wrong. I don't like the way you do it. My last partner did this way and it's way better. And then people are all in their wounding and they're super sad. Yeah. And it's not a one size fits all approach. I like it's it's someone may really have enjoyed being kissed a certain way or being touched in a certain way. And and you may not enjoy those things in the same fashion. And I think that that's one thing we all have to consider. We say that again and again and again. And uh, it's not just with touching the body or penetration. It's with kissing as well. And what and a question that I know I was actually super happy to dive into this question. It's it's one of the last questions that we have, but it's about in long-term partnerships. And this this has happened to me. For some reason, I keep going in, in, into the, the, the challenging portions of kissing. I don't know why. Maybe I've had challenges with kissing, but uh, I feel like I'm a good kisser. And in long-term relationships, kissing sort of fell off of, of the general menu, right? What we were experiencing, it would go straight to one thing that would have led to an orgasm before or straight to another another piece that maybe was was good for that person and so with long term relationships why why does that why does kissing fall off of the menu and how can people get that back especially if they want it and enjoy it or if people still kind of kiss they stop making out too yeah. it's like they'll do like the little lip peck or like a thing here and there for 2 seconds but the making out i've had people be like you know married for 20 years i want to make out and that's that's gone yeah Yeah. And this phenomenon is real. I mean, it exists. So (laughs) totally validating that experience. If anyone listening or many people listening are inside of that. Um, And I think there's a few things to be said. One is to acknowledge that in terms of our dominant cultural conditioning, we're very hierarchical about our sex. And and so at the top of that hierarchy is genitally and orgasm-focused activity. So once that is in play, that becomes the main event and we're neglecting, if not outright negating the rest. And, And that is something that even people who might intellectually recognize that there's a flaw in there 
we do it anyway, um, because it's just, it, we're, it's the waters we swim in and the water ain't clean. So like, let's clear that out a little, like get, get some of the, the murkiness out. And I think the most important thing is what you just said, April, like, if you really like it, like, well, okay, so why wouldn't you do something you like? But what might have to happen is verbalizing that, making it express, making it obvious, making time where there's a decision to say like, hey, let's get all high school with each other and not take our clothes off. And we're just going to have like a really hot makeout, or maybe we only go to second base. There is an added benefit of in like kind of evoking energy of innocence into our sexuality, because for many of us, like we had experiences of making out knowing that we were not going to evolve beyond that or progress beyond that in a particular situation when we were younger. It was totally hot and totally acceptable to just get together with someone and have a makeout. And then it was like, oh my God, that was amazing, right? So so by creating that kind of container for ourselves, even in a long-term partnership, and obviously you need mutual agreement to do so, but it can be a fun way to evoke some of that yeah, erotic innocence and, and the energy of, of like, wow, like there's a boundary here. I want to cross it. I feel curious about it, but, but no, that's not going to happen right now. And playing with the tension of a boundary in a situation like that can be super, super hot. And then the next time you get together, maybe that boundary doesn't exist and you can do whatever you want to do, but you have had an embodied experience of, wow, that make out, that was, that was great. That really did something for me. And if you remember that you like it so much, you're more likely to want to repeat it. So this is one where I don't know that there is like a magic wand to wave. You actually have to put some conscious effort into saying like, this is an activity that I want to prioritize in my sex life and make it happen. So invite some people over and play spin the bottle in your adult years and see what <laughs> happens. There you go. Yeah. Or- yeah, because it's like summertime camping. Yeah. I once had a fabulous makeout over some roasted marshmallows by a campfire. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, putting that out there. Wasn't that sticky? Nice. Was that sticky, super though? Sticky. Was it before it was so or after? Sticky. Okay. It was April so sticky. But I'm like, ah, it sounds so I'd be like, I need a wet wipe, though. My, <laughs> my point being, have fun. Yeah. You know, like, it, the, the, that's what, you know, kissing can bring really any energetic to it that we want. You can be fierce and intense and passionate. You can be soft and gentle and delicate. You can be playful. You can be inquisitive. I mean, you any energetic that you can move through your heart and move through your body, you can bring it into your kiss. So if you're wanting to have a more expanded experience, if you're wanting a more nuanced or satisfying experience, really just think about, okay, what's the energetic that would feel good? And how do I get that coming through my lips? And see what yeah. happens. <laughs> I want I want sticky marshmallow kisses, and then I'll lick them off your chin and out of your nose holes and all the things. <laughs> if that's where it is, because I'm weird like that. But that's just me. Uh, and one thing I'll say about myself too that I, I know is different for for me versus someone else, right? Um, when I'm having sex with someone, so when genitals are involved and there isn't kissing, I, I often feel disconnected. And in fact, sometimes when someone's pleasuring my genitals, I actually need them to come to come up and kiss me to f- actually feel all of the pleasure that's available. Otherwise there's a part of me that's disconnected and shut off, but I identify more as an energetic. So that's just something that's really important to me. And if I was in a long-term relationship when kissing did go out the door, I think it would be just really, really challenging for me. And, and, and I do understand that people get in their defaults and that we can 
relearn the thing that maybe has been turned off or shut down or disconnected. And some people is just, isn't really their jam, but if you're partnered with someone where it is, then you have a desire or discrepancy or some sort of a sexual interest discrepancy that um, will likely want to be resolved or met. Uh, and maybe it's a little less from one person, a little more from one person. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's the, what I'm hearing is, is a lot. It's different for everyone. There's an attunement piece. There's a presence piece. There is a skills piece. It's all of the things. But it really is about meeting your partner or partners where they're at they're at and then meeting you and and adding communication to it if um you're not able to just feel into it and even if you can't feel into it why not communicate as well and make the communication fun playful sexy as well as the kisses exactly you know and and in all things it's like the more positive feedback and reinforcement we get the more likely we are to do a thing so if someone that you're kissing does something you really like let that be known because they're going to do more of it so I, similar to you saying, like, you feel a disconnect if there's not the kissing happening. For me, like an iteration of that is I'm quite convinced there is a main line that goes from the tip of my tongue to my clit. Like they are. <laughs> me too. Oh, me yeah. too. <laughs> okay. So not the only one. And no, there's research about that as well. Like a lot of vulva well, the, owners well, the out Vegas there. Nerve, yeah. Yes. But also that vulva owners specifically are more, they tend to lead into their sexuality or sex sexual experiences with kissing as a turn on. Right. So that's a great, you know, if, if you're, if you're kissing someone who doesn't know this because they haven't listened to the three of us emphatically saying the tips of our tongue are tied to our clits mm -hmm. word to the wise. This is true. For a while. <laughs> it's like letting your partner know like, Oh my God, when you, you know, swirl your tongue on the tip of my tongue, I feel my whole clit light up. Guess what they're going to do more of they're going to swirl their tongue on the tip of your tongue because it's like, oh shit, I just managed to make their clit light up. This is amazing. <laughs> you know? Communication doesn't only and always have to be a serious sit down conversation. It's also happening in the small moments when we're saying, oh my God, that felt so good. Or I love the way you bite my lip or your, when, when your lips are all soft and juicy, it feels so good on my mouth or my neck. Like Giving feedback in that way of what works well is just as important as offering constructive feedback when something isn't working. And as I said before, and I'll say it again a million times, lead with the positive. None of us wants to feel shitty and shamed because we don't have the technique that works well for somebody else. It's a learning opportunity. So let's have fun learning. Because knowledge is power. I love Why? learning. <laughs> I feel like I learn every day, especially having this podcast and talking to incredible folks like you, Darshana, for the second time. So can you tell folks how they can find you and work with you and uh, more about some other offerings? Yeah. Well, the easiest way to find me is uh, my website is my name, darshanaavala.com. And my Instagram is erotic wholeness. And those are the two places that I hang out. Um, you guys can be the first to know that I am getting ready to release two pre-recorded courses. So my, my client, my private practice is getting a bit full these days, not impossible to get in with me, please. If you really strongly want it then reach out, but I wanted to have something available for folks that might want a little taste of it and can't get onto my schedule for one-to-one. -one. So there's going to be a course coming for couples and a course specifically for women. And I'm really excited about both of them. So that'll be kind of a stay tuned. 
I also offer a monthly gathering for women, cis or trans, called the Yoniverse and the Universe, where it's a sacred space to come and explore with your sensuality, your eroticism. I'm joined by an astrologer friend of mine, um, Verona Fay of Embody Your Birth. She gives a full moon download. I lead a sex magic ritual. Everybody gets to tune in and yummy, 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 touch themselves, be with whatever feelings come up, the ecstasy, the grief, the whole shebang. So if you are a woman identified person and that appeals to you, it's all on my website. It's all on my Insta. And I would love to share space with you. We have the links in our show notes. Links in the show. Thank you, Darshana. I I think you're just a yonicorn. (laughs) Yonicorn. That's cute. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for all of you out there. What really gets my kissing fire burning and making me want to make out with all of you that give us five stars on iTunes. We read every one. I'll give you air kisses. If I see you in person, maybe I'll give you a real smoochy boochie boo. You never know. But go ahead. Just rate us on iTunes. It just helps more folks out there find shameless sex and people like Darshana and all of you out there that are part of the shameless sex revolution. We love you and mwah, 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 mwah. ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.